Hello and welcome to the podcast Life Without Limits. So this is the podcast where we interview people who have overcome barriers to achieve extraordinary achievements. And today I've got a really great guest for you. Uh, he's a Paralympic gold medalist at Tokyo and he's won three gold medals at three different Paralympic Games. The best boxer player in history for Great Britain. And I'm going to be proud to present you. His name's David Smith. Let's welcome David Smith. Hi, David. How are you? Hello. Morning. How are you doing? I'm really, really good. So tell us a little bit about you and your story. So um, so I've been playing boccia for almost 26 years now. Um, I actually started in primary school, um, but I was quite hopeless and I threw sideways um, for up until about the age of 11, where I learned throwing forwards and pointing at the side was probably a good idea. Um, I actually uh, went, I moved to secondary school, went to a boarding school in um, Alton in Hampshire called Trelaws, which was a bit like a cross between St. Trinian's and Hogwarts for disabled kids. Um, so you can probably imagine what that was like. Um, and um, we um, basically, we did all sorts of things, not just sport, but um, it was an extremely competitive, challenging environment. Um, the sky was the limit pretty much. Um, and we were just encouraged to explore all options. Um, Boccia was just one of many things that we did there. Um, and in that environment where uh, people understood disability sport and um, there were some pretty good players in the years above me um, and below me, um, I just uh, had that competitive edge, really. Um, and um, with competition structure as it was back then, um, Trelaws used to rock up to tournaments and different things. And we'd rock up in our big coach and, uh, you know, and pretty much dominate. Every tournament we went to, we would just amass, shed loads of medals. Um, and, um, yeah, that sort of winning habit in whatever we did sort of rubbed off on me. And um, when I was 14, I became the youngest ever British champion um, in Boccia. And, um, yeah, that kind of was my basis for head boy. Um, and, then, and funny how politics uh, works at school. Um, and then uh, um, after that, I became a world champion at the age of 18. Um, while well, still at Trelaws, actually, um, and then qualifying for the Paralympics in uh, Beijing. Um, and, yeah, just sort of went out there and, uh, yeah, coming back with a team gold, which kind of set my career up, really. Um, and um, that was the same year that I was going to Swansea University to study aerospace engineering. So uh, Freshers' Week was pretty good fun. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, um, and that was pretty much the, that sort of set my path then, really. Um, and once I moved to Swansea, it became a um, it became about managing, you know, uh, dealing with adulthood as a young disabled uh, male, sort of figuring out how to how to live independently. And uh, yeah, I just ticked off a few things along the way. I learned to drive, um, and um, with London 2012 around the corner, I had to sort of defer my degree a little bit and uh, sort of prioritise my time. Um, and, yeah, I managed to... London came around and managed to pick up a silver and a bronze, get my first individual silver medal, um, uh, as well as the team bronze, which was fantastic. And it was so nice to be able to play in front of home crowd and people that understood Boccia, but also uh, my parents and family who had never seen me play internationally before. So that was awesome. Um, and then moving into uh, the Rio cycle, um, yeah, I managed to get my degree done um, and then stayed at Swansea, became a full-time botcher player um, and uh, yeah, managed to, I, my goal was to turn the silver to a gold for the individuals. So, um, and in Rio, I was lucky and I managed to 
just to get over the line. And uh, yeah, that was that sort of set me up then. Um, and then Tokyo was the culmination of uh, sort of the ambition of A, to be the best, the most successful British boxer player, but also to be the first BC1 to defend the Paralympic title. Um, and uh, yeah, they, those were like the two targets. Although obviously I wasn't really thinking about it when I was playing. Um, but yeah, I, I managed to uh, I managed to do that, and it was uh, it was amazing. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, I've been very uh, very fortunate. David Smith, individual BC One gold, gold for Great Britain. He wins this match against Chu Whalen four two in Tokyo double Paralympic champion. Emotion just pouring out here. Cheers all round for David Smith. He is now a double Paralympic champion. He's won gold in the individual BC1 competition here at the Ariake Gymnastics Centre. Yeah, I, I remember watching your final on the TV and I don't know how like you could just throw the ball and get it directly next next to the white ball. Do you, do you ever throw the ball and think it was an absolute fluke, but you said, oh, I meant to do that? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, that's part of the game. Sometimes you, you, you aim for a target and you get an outcome that you're not quite expecting or, you know, um, but equally you miss as well. And sometimes you don't know why it missed and it could be a dodgy bounce or a roll. Um, yeah. It's part of the sport. Um, yeah, balls uh, like anything else. It, it doesn't always. It's not a. It's not an exact science. Um, and particularly with our wrists, and you know, particularly with how I throw, sometimes you get a slightly dodgy bounce either way. Um, but usually under pressure, I tend to pull out the shots when I need to. So that's kind of that kind of helps. <laughs> um, for, those, yeah. for, for those for those that don't know you, so what is your disability? How does it affect you? Um, so I've got cerebral palsy, um, and so it affects all four limbs with me. I have quite a so my my form of cerebral palsy is I'm quite tight, so uh, my muscles don't extend full range. Um, so like my arms, uh, I got decent control, but my arms and shoulders and legs are, are just quite tight. So I I am a little bit bent. Um, and uh, I was doing a talk with um, some school kids the other day about botcher, and I was sort of explaining why I, why it's important to stretch. And I kind of said to them, basically, the reason why I do my stretch is because I need all the range of movement I can get. And if I don't stretch, I'm like Gollum that hasn't got his ring. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so that was kind of got a laugh. But, uh, but yeah, but it's, it's pretty true. It's the, my disability is all about trying to maximise what I've got. Um, and if I don't look after myself, then things, uh, you know, I, I regress. Um, but equally, I've found uh, that I've made some quite considerable gains in adulthood. So uh, it's been good. The sport has helped me unlock quite a lot of ability within myself. So, yeah. Does, does your training kind of consist of a lot of stretching then? And a what kind of uh, other kind of training do you do? Yeah, so my, my training is all about the maximising the disability. So focusing on areas. The physios will set me sort of areas that they want me to work on. Um, either be core strength or shoulder range or you know so there'll be a there'll be a specific target that they'll want me to try and focus on during my conditioning and then my my stretches my gym work my will be focused around a particular either muscle group or a yeah so it's so it's very bespoke um and it's uh, yeah, very personal to me um which is probably how it should be um and 
and yeah, and it worked. They work closely with my uh, strength and conditioning team, and my coach and myself, obviously, to try and figure out like, what's where are the gains, where can we make some gains, where can we, you know, what are the areas that you need to focus on. So, for, for example, they're not too worried about my legs because I ain't particularly um, like. <laughs> <laughs> like they just sit, they just sit there. Um, um, so it's it's more about upper body stuff, and obviously, they, um, and then managing, and then managing the rest of my body to give me that solid foundation to throw. What have been some of the biggest obstacles you have faced, and how have you overcome them? So I, I've been relatively lucky in that I've actually had um, quite a from Trelaws. I sort of came out really confident, um, so I hit kind of adulthood. Um, with the attitude of uh, I can pretty much do anything I want um, and then sort of there's always loopholes and stuff and you can and sort of I was I'm normally pretty good at finding solutions to problems um, so that was kind of that was kind of my way out and so I've probably been quite lucky and I, my obstacles have been quite easily overcome um, I would say the main ones are probably around traveling and the, the usual pitfalls around having an electric wheelchair um, uh, like uh, you know train travel can be a pain um and sort of um flying is tricky at times um because you're not sure whether your chair is going to be broken at the other end or not um so yeah those are the kind of the main ones but i kind of my, my solution to the train is basically i drive everywhere um uh and yeah that solves that problem um i learned to drive when especially i was especially in london L- london is a bit mad for um train journeys <laughs> Yeah, I tend to avoid London like the plague at the moment, to be fair. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I used to do quite a lot of train journeys between uh, when I was from Trelaws. I used to go up to Leicester to see a couple, see some friends. Um, so I used to sort of uh, drive from uh, Waterloo to uh, St Pancreas, um, and basically I would get off the train at Waterloo and then vomit in my chair from Waterloo straight to St Pancreas, and I could do it in about eight and a half minutes which was faster than the taxis. So I was like, yeah, that'll do. Um, I would surprise the guards because they were like, you sure you don't want to get the later train? No, no, I'll be there. How are you <laughs> going to get there in eight minutes? I'm like, trust me, I'll, I can do it. No problem. See. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that was, uh, yeah. So, I, so I'm, I'm good on trains, but I just tend to avoid them because it's too much of a faff. Um, and I, I like having control and uh, being uh, able to get to it wherever I want to go at a reasonable pace. So, uh, so yeah. Um, driving is the faster solution. Um, would, would you say that sport brought the confidence out of you? Um, yeah, definitely. I, I, to be fair, I would say Trelaws brought the confidence out of me and sport benefited from my confidence. Uh, um, so Boccia was just, Boccia, for example, just, uh, you know, I, I came into the sport quite confident anyway. And then um, that meant that I started winning um, at quite early age. And then I, the winning became a habit. And then I got relatively addicted to it. And then as I got better at the sport, uh, the enjoyment and the excitement that the sport has to offer sort of came out and I got more addicted to it. Um, so, so yeah, I would say we kind of fell into each other's laps. I, we, we kind of, uh, it just, it's just how it happened. Um, you know, if you just t- said to me at the age of 17, 18, is, are you going to be a botcher player for the rest of your life? I'd have probably said no. Um, but yeah, here we are, uh, you know, 16 years later. Um, and, uh, yeah. L- l- loving life and smashing it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what's been your biggest, proudest achievement so far? 
Um, I think probably there's a couple. There's probably three that I can think of. So the the first one is probably um, picking up my MBE um, and being able to take my parents to Buckingham Palace. Um, I've been into the palace a few times uh, for different things, but um, obviously it's uh, this time it was special because I was able to take them in as well. Um, and being from a sort of working class family, it was it's quite a step up in the world and they, and it was something that they'd probably never dream of doing themselves so it was quite nice to be able to uh show you know to give them that um and then to be able to you know yeah, i got i received my mbe from prince william um and yeah it was just a really special day um oh, amazing probably then the other ones are sort of around sort of the sport and um well the other one was probably learning to drive actually um so when i um just before London, I managed to pass my test and then I drove down to Eastleigh because my dad had always said to me, look, I know you want to drive, but I just can't see it. I can't see how. Um, and I was like, I'll show you. You'll see. Um, and then one day I drove down to Eastleigh and uh, my proudest moment was probably um, sort of going around the block, uh, sort of St. John's Road, Shakespeare Road and then back in and him screaming at me to slow down. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was the proudest moment ever. Um, so. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've arrived now. I'm all good. When your dad is yelling at you to slow down in your car, it's like, yeah, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, so that was a proud moment. And then the, probably the, the, the most recent one is the being the Paralympic GB flag bearer. Um, it's, it, it's, something, it's something else when, you know, you're representing an organization. You know, I, I was, I was met gold medal number 30 out of 40, you know, one medal out of 124 different medals across 19 different sports um so i was kind of uh, you know to be selected for that and to be nominated as the the paralympian to carry the flag in um quite, yeah it means a lot so uh, so yeah which which um, paralympics was your favorite one so far oh tokyo by far not even close um yeah e uh, even with the restrictions that is still your favorite yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. Tokyo was just amazing. Uh, like, like the restrictions didn't really matter in the end because it was it was done so well. Um, we actually the, the, one of the reasons why we went to the closing ceremony was because we all felt so safe in that environment. Um, we didn't go to the opening ceremony because we we had concerns. Um, but by the end of the competition, we were all like, "This is fine. We can do this." It's yeah. Um, so which I think shows you how well they did as a as a country in terms of putting it on i think the only i mean the the only restrictions the only disappointment is probably the lack of crowd but wasn't really for an athlete's point of view because i don't the, the venues were stunning so for me it didn't really make any difference to me uh, and the noise that our team created was good enough for me um but um i think it's more of a shame for their population that they couldn't you know enjoy the sport that was on offer um exactly. you know live and up close so i think it was it was more a shame for them, for them, for us. Do you know what I mean? Like we were, we were just happy to be there. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So, yeah. Like I said, it was easily the best. And then I think London came second in my sort of experience. And then um, probably Rio and Beijing are kind of equal third. Um, so it's getting better and better as it goes along. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. I, oh, I mean, it's kind of up and down. <laughs> it was sort of Beijing, and then London was really good, and then Rio was, and then. Yeah, Tokyo was much better. Um, again, yeah, so um, so yeah, a bit of a bit of a roller coaster. Um, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, but 
but it's good. And uh, I think uh, for the sport, for Botcher, it's amazing to have the live feed on. And actually, uh, my, my final was viewed by 1.1 million people on Channel 4, um, which is nuts for us. Um, so that's and exciting. This, this, is like, this is like the first time that Paralympic sport has really been kind of out there for people to see as well. It's growing bigger and bigger each time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we felt a little bit left behind after London um, and probably Rio as well because um, other Paralympic sports did well, um, but we just didn't have the live coverage. So it was really difficult for us to get the message across what we were doing. Um, like yeah. I was getting, you know, I come back with a gold and from Rio and people were like, oh, well done, you won gold. And then what did you, what did you compete in? <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Uh, I'll explain <laughs> what Botcher is then. Um, uh, and this time around, it's different. I'm not having, you know, you're David, the botcher player. We saw you play, blah, 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 you know, that kind of, I don't need to explain what botcher is 1500 times. Um, like, yeah. Like, yeah. You're starting to grow. You're starting to become a celebrity, you know? Yeah. I, I, it's one of those about time moments. I think I'm feeling like, yes, hey, Leah, I've arrived. Uh, <laughs> it's been, it's been 16 years of hard work, but we finally got there. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so, what would you say to somebody who feels they are unable to reach their ability because of their disability? Um, I would probably say that the it's it's understandable to feel that way when the when the obstacles of society and things around you are probably stacked against you a little bit. But I think um, I've I've been listening the last year or so to a motivational speaker called Jim Rowan, and one of his things that he says that I've always that since I've listened to him, I always try and stick to is like for things to change, you need to change and for things to get better, you need to get better. So rather than blaming the environment, it's up to you to kind of uh, make that first step rather than waiting for things to change around you because things aren't going to change. Um, we're probably going to have a Tory government for the next 10 years. <laughs> like, um, so, you know, we, things aren't going to change themselves we need as disabled people we need to inspire others to make positive changes um and for ourselves we need to you know a bit like me in terms of uh you know i i'm the one that comes up with solutions to problems and i, I get on with things and just do it and and for anybody in that situation it doesn't feel like they're able to reach their true ability it's probably you need to switch that around and go well actually what do i need to change then to do that um and then just, just, just give it a go yeah and that's the that's the thing i think independence uh, and, then, and then you once you start in looking after yourself and you know what you want you can then help others help you um and then that's where the collaboration comes in it's very difficult for people to help you if you don't actually know what you need help with uh yeah going, going out there and proving people wrong as well when people say oh, you can't do that go out there i'll show you i can yeah yeah, well, I've been doing that for my life, so that's kind of me. I like proving people wrong with a smug yeah. grin on my face, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah. So, what's, so what's, was, what's, ne what's what's next for you? What, what, what's your what's your plans for the future? Um, so I'm I'm actually working now as a uh, lifestyle coach um, as well as a botcher player. So my plan for the future is to build my little team around me and uh, to uh, help change help improve and inspire people um to change their own lives um i was sort of after the closing ceremony of tokyo obviously paralympics gb mentioned this thing about the wheel of 15 which is a organization basically where it's it's a group a collection of charities focusing on the disabled population of the world so 
15% of the world's population are considered disabled, um, which is a huge number of people. Um, and they most of them have been disadvantaged disproportionately since the pandemic. So they're trying to set up this organization to inspire people through sport um, to, you know, unlock their potential. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of, I, I'm looking to do my, my bit, my little bit to uh, help assist that. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of my, Next my, style. my future. Yeah. And then obviously for Paris, um, you know, it's obviously continue playing with Boccia and uh, working with, with the team to see if we can, uh, pick up a team medal as well as an, my individual, uh, success. So that would be, uh, that would be awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah. Try, try and get you to be the most decorated Paralympian. Uh, I'm going to be here for a while because unfortunately, Boccia, you've only got, we've, I've only got two events. So to catch up with someone like Dame uh, uh, Sarah Story, I will be, I'll probably be having to compete into my, into my about 200 years old to get, uh, to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so I, so I got to be a realist. It's not going to, that's not going to happen, but the, it's, it's not necessarily about medals or sort of records. It's, uh, it's more about, um, just I'm now looking to enjoy myself within the sport. I don't, I don't feel like I need to prove myself anymore. I've done that multiple times, but it's now about, um, you know, in finding what, what I can achieve. You know, I don't believe I'm at my best yet. I think I've got a bit more to go. So, um, it's exciting to try and unlock that and, uh, and hopefully bring a few people with me as well. Definitely. So if people want to connect with you, how can they find you and if in, in like with your life coaching, and if they want advice or to chat to you, how can they yeah. find you? So I'm I'm a, I'm pretty much on most of the social media stuff. So Facebook, Twitter. Um, if you on Instagram, um, I'm Smithy two three eight nine. Um, and yeah, and you can find me and just uh, yeah, just connect with me. Either comment or send me a send me a message. You can easily, also find my in me on YouTube as well. Um, so I've done a couple of YouTube videos called Smithy's Lifestyle. So, uh, again, uh, sort of talking about my experiences and just uh, and just getting out. I'm not very good at editing on video stuff, so it's not the greatest, but it, it, I, can, I can talk. So that's probably what I do best. Amazing. So if anyone wants to get in touch with David, then please contact him through his social medias. Or if you want, if you want, if you want him with lifestyle coaching, then give him a contact. It's been great talking to you today, David. Thank you so much for this podcast. No worries. Thank you very much. Are you doing anything for the rest of the day to this weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm meeting a friend in a minute and then heading back to Swansea to, for a rest because I've been on a bit of a tour. <laughs> oh, nice. Anyway, thank you so much for this podcast and we'll see you soon. No worries. See you soon.